what's poppin', how you doin'? Welcome to another episode of Doing Well, Doing Swell. I'm your host, Mallory Lovings, and today is all about our small business shout-outs. Hey, we supportin' our small businesses. We love to see it, we love to hear it, and we love to buy it. Today I'm super excited because I have two amazing guests coming on to share with you what it takes to get their small business up and running and maintain it, as well as how you can support them and where you can find them if you're interested in buying their products. First, you're going to be hearing from Shelby Morrison, who has started a business called Shelby Strawberries, where she's making chocolate-covered strawberries that are insanely beautiful, like strawberries like you've never seen before. Like, not only are they juicy and tasteful and chocolatey, but they also have amazing designs that I've never seen put on a strawberry before. Shelby has serious talent to where she can make delicate little designs on a strawberry, and still have them taste remarkable. So you're gonna wanna hear from her. This is a business that just kind of fell into her lap and she took it and ran with it and it's a huge success. You're also going to be hearing from Taylor Quigley, an amazing designer who is putting out clothing items that turn your closet into pieces of art. And she's able to turn your rusty old dirty closet having clothes into masterpieces of art that help express yourself better. In addition to that, she's just putting tons of love and good energy into her pieces. And you can tell that she has so much passion in the work that she does just by the way that she talks. So I'm super excited for you guys to hear from these two amazing women and how they are maintaining their success in their small businesses, but also what you can do to help support a small business, especially in the times of COVID and the times of being young and having student debt and the times of just wanting to do something that you love and create your own schedule. This is the time to learn more about these small businesses and give them a shout out. So without further ado, let's get into this interview. Hey, that rhymes. <laughs> Bars. We're just going to be talking about you. My so favorite thank- subject. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for taking the time to uh, get on here and talk to me about your successes with Shelby Strawberries. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me. I'm excited. I know you told me before that this really started because you were trying to get chocolate covered strawberries for uh, the guy you were dating at the time and you were just amazed by how expensive they were. So you decided to make them yourself. Mm -hmm. And is, is that really the sole motivator of your business or what else was the motivation behind Shelby's strawberries? Yeah. So it's kind of a funny story. I always tell people I never intended for this to be a business. Um, it's not like I sat around and was thinking to myself, okay, I really just want to own a business. What can I do? Oh, I'll make chocolate covered strawberries. Um, it was more of like a hobby turned into a business. So I think it started in my senior year of high school. I got my first real boyfriend per se. And I wanted to get him chocolate-covered strawberries for Valentine's Day because, you know, that's what you do. Realize how expensive they were. Thought to myself, I can't afford those, so I'm just going to start to do them myself. So after, you know, that first year, I just kept doing them whenever I was in college just for my roommates, my friends, um, you know, just kind of anyone. And then... I think it was my sophomore year of college, my old roommates were like, hey, you should try to sell these. And I was like, oh, that's a good thought. You know, I'm not one to say no to a few extra dollars. So I happened to post them on Facebook and 
Um, I did that for a couple of years and it just kind of, I gained a little bit of a following. So that's whenever I made my Facebook page just to, you know, have people kind of keep in contact with me whenever they wanted them for either Valentine's Day or Mother's Day. And it's just kind of grown since then. It's honestly just been like the I wouldn't best even surprise. say it grew. It blew up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. It it definitely blew up this past year during COVID, which I was not expecting. I'll I'll tell you the story of like how it how it really blew up in the first place. So I started making them, I guess, a little bit more seriously, I would say probably last year around Valentine's Day. And after Valentine's Day died down. I eventually started seeing this guy who was a little bit older than I was, and he also had a side business of his own that he was trying to grow and to, you know, really make into more of a steady income. And I happened to mention to him about my chocolate-covered strawberry business. He went on to say, you really need to blow this up. You're really talented in this. You know, I think that you should really go full force into this. And I, at the time, it's not that I wasn't confident in my skills, but I think I just had a lot going on. And I was like, well, I've got two jobs. I don't think I have the time to dedicate to this. You know, I didn't really see, I, I guess you could say my talent in it. Um, and he was really, I think like he truly did like help push me to make this a lot bigger than what it was a, a year ago. He was like, no, you need to put it out everywhere, you know, go hand out business cards, do whatever you can. So anyway, he kept like motivating me and trying to encourage me to make it bigger. Eventually I had gotten an order. I started to do a candy bar variety box and I got an order from this lady who wanted to order some for her husband. I dropped them off at her house and I was having a conversation with her and um, she said something about how her husband did food reviews kind of on the side just for fun. And if he decided to do a review on my strawberries that she would let me know. So I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, just like, let me know, whatever. I didn't really think anything about it because she played it out super low key, super chill. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that night. I was um, at the restaurant that I used to work at as a waitress um, at my shift, and I happened to check my phone, like, between tables or something, and my phone was blowing up. I mean, blowing up. I had, like, not hundreds of messages, but, like, a what good amount like of messages. <laughs> yes, what felt like hundreds of messages coming in on my, my strawberry page. And I was just thinking, what on earth happened? Well, I happened to look, and he did do a food review on my strawberries. But he had like thousands of followers from the Springfield area. Mm. And I mean, that really boosted my business. Um, I'm really thankful for them. And so I think that that was kind of the start of the blow up, <laughs> I would say. It was um, his review bomb. It was like, these are the juiciest, most chocolatiest <laughs> strawberries ever. Girl, you have no idea. I, I'll have to send you the link to his initial review because yeah, send I it mean, to me because now I'm curious. Yeah. It like, it was really good. And, um, cause I think she got like 18 strawberries and it had 
like six different kinds of candy bars. So they like went through each one and they were like, my favorite is, you know, I think the cookies and cream. <laughs> and like, it was just really awesome. Like, and, and, you know, and they're just really good people. Like they, they didn't do that, you know, for money or anything. Like they really just did that to help me out in my small business. Yeah. And, and I also think it speaks volumes because whenever I was like making the strawberries and delivering them to them, I didn't know that her husband did food reviews and, you know, yeah, so, it's, so like, it's not like you tried, like, it's not like you had time to prepare and be like, oh my goodness, I need to make these strawberries bomb because this guy's going to review mm-hmm. it. He reviewed exactly. them off of your, you know, your quality strawberries. Yeah. Off of just any of my orders, not, you know, knowing that a food reviewer was going to be eating them. <laughs> yeah. So, Yeah. You got that quality straw. <laughs> so, oh, goodness. <laughs> what would you say your biggest struggle in the beginning was? And then what would you say your biggest struggle now is? In the beginning, I would say my biggest struggle would probably just to find that confidence to put myself out there. You know, I think that it's very easy to compare yourself to others to just say, okay, well, you know, like this business, that's a national name. They can do not only strawberries, but they can do this. They can do pineapple and apples and, you know, everything else. And what can I do? You know, I can just make a basic chocolate covered strawberry. And so I think just finding that confidence to, you know, just say, okay, Yes, I can maybe just do one skill, but over time I can grow that into other things such as, you know, Oreos and hot chocolate bombs or whatever. Um, But, you know, also just like having the confidence to say, okay, I'm, I know who I am as a person. You know, I love to be around people. I love to talk to people. And just knowing that like people are going to accept me for me and my business or they aren't. And just accepting that with confidence. Um, I think that that's a big fear that business owners have. It's like, will, like, will people like me? You know what I mean? So Yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, a fear with and, my podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's, and, you know, it's just, it's hard to overcome that fear to say, oh, will people like me enough to buy my products, to listen to my podcast? And so it was you know, although the guy that I was seeing and I aren't together right now, I'm really thankful for him because I mean, every day he was encouraging me and pushing me to really grow this to be bigger than what I had it initially. And so I think that and now look that, at you. I know, right? <laughs> I, I, it, it's honestly amazing. I mean, I was able to quit my second job at the restaurant just to focus on my strawberries because I was just way too busy to do all of it at the same time. So yeah, yeah, I remember when you first started, I was like, holy crap, I don't I don't even one, I didn't know how you were working a second job with an already full-time job. So there was that. And then when you started <laughs> this, I was like, holy crap, Shelby, like you're yeah. <laughs> you're a monster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whenever you have student loans to pay off, I feel like you can you can push yourself to the limit sometimes. <laughs> like, okay, I've got I've got to get these student loans out of my life. So yeah. like what like what what do I need to do now to, you know, just be able to 
cut those out. <laughs> that's, that's really my biggest motivator. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say your biggest struggle now is now that you're in the hang of things and you know, you have a routine with your strawberries and stuff. Oh girl, time management. That is something <laughs> I struggle with on the daily. Um, be a photo and it'll be like two, 3 a.m. <laughs> strawberries. <laughs> Seriously, it's, it's kind of crazy. I'm thankful now. Um, so I recently switched full-time jobs back in November and with my current job, I'm actually making more money in my full-time job than I was at my previous job. And I have a much stricter schedule. So I work, you know, just set hours Monday through Friday. I normally never have to work overtime or um, outside of those hours versus my old job was kind of sporadic. And, you know, I would have late meetings or I would have phone calls on weekends that I had to deal with. So with my, with my new job, it's really helped me with my time management because normally you know, I will get home from work. I'll usually go and meet people for their orders. Um, I'll get to come home, kind of clean up around the, the house, let out my dogs, and then, you know, just kind of be able to plan out those days um, with how many orders I'm able to take and all of that. Because I know people just see a box of chocolate-covered strawberries and they're like, oh, you know, that doesn't take very long, which in all in all reality, it doesn't. But whenever you factor in the time it takes to go out and purchase the strawberries, make sure you're getting quality strawberries, making sure that you have all the materials in order to box up your strawberries, you know, like the paper and the stickers and the boxes, etc. Um, you have to wash and dry the strawberries. Of course, you're supposed to do that before you eat any produce. Um, and with washing and drying strawberries, you can't just dip a wet strawberry into chocolate because it'll like seize the chocolate. So you have to really make sure that it's dry. Um, and honestly, just like washing and drying the strawberries itself probably takes me longer than actually dipping and decorating them as crazy as, as that sounds. But I feel like it's such an important process in the whole, in my whole business because people are going to be consuming these, you know, so you have to make sure that you're washing them properly and drying them properly. Um, you know, so yeah, um, I was going to ask, uh, do you have an idea about how much time a week that you put in towards Shelby strawberries? That's a good question. <laughs> I would say, honestly, with the time with like marketing and messaging people back, I would definitely say 40 hours. Yeah. At, and that's, that's, you know, I mean, bare, bare minimum, it's definitely a full-time job. I think that, um, you know, if I did if I didn't have a, a separate full-time job that I could, I really could make this into a full-time gig. I'm just not quite ready to pull that trigger yet. Yeah. Uh, is there anything that you underestimated about starting a business? Hmm. But I, also granted, you didn't realize, you know, you were starting a business until you started yeah, doing it. <laughs> so. I, I know. And I, I I would say the only thing I can really think of that I underestimated is maybe um, just like the technical parts of it in terms of building a website, trying to get things put into place that make it easy for the customer. I know, I mean, I, and you know this, I had to hire somebody to help me even build a website because with everything else going on, it was just, I, I kept having it in my head. Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But you just get so busy with 
the actual logistics of your business, doing it to where, you know, whenever I'm at the end of the day, whenever I'm done actually making the strawberries, I just want to sit on my couch, you know, and cuddle with my dogs for like 30 minutes before I go to sleep. I don't want to, you know, try to figure out how to build a website. And that's why I'm thankful that, you know, I had her there to help me because I mean, that's, that's her talent, you know, and I was able to support her and her doing her thing um, while I was doing my thing. And yeah, so yeah, I think that just like understanding all like those technical parts, it's just, it's kind of weird. And honestly, right now I'm even thinking about investing into a food truck. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hoping, um, I've been looking at a couple of different food trailers, which are in my, my price range. So it's not like a fully drivable food truck, but you know, more of a smaller scale. Cause that's really all, all that I need is a, a small scale one. And you could but, like connect that to your car and take it wherever. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's the idea. Um, cause I was recently just invited to do another vendor event around Easter. And so I was thinking, oh, well, you know, I, I, it would be so easy to just hook up a trailer and to just pull it to the event and that's it, you know, no yeah. popping up a canopy tent, no putting out tables, setting up refrigerators. I mean, none of that. It would all just be right there. Um, but honestly, right now what I'm dealing with is just, I feel like it's very easy to think, okay, I'll just go out and buy it and that'll be fine. And <laughs> I feel like that was you know, silly of me because now I'm thinking, okay, well, what if something breaks? Am I going to know where to take it or how to fix Mm. it? Um, you know, what, what are the regulations on a food trailer? Do I need to get insurance? And so it's, you know, it's another part of how I underestimated the technical part because it's like, you're going down this whole wormhole of things that can happen and you know, where am I going to park it? <laughs> it's yeah. Just, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, and parking, man, I can't, you could barely find a place to park your car, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's, that's what I thought about too, because then also you don't just want to park it anywhere. You know, people are always on the lookout for yeah places that they can go rob. And I mean, if someone yeah. robs my food trailer, they probably won't get a whole lot, but it would still be <laughs> heartbreaking. <laughs> and, you know, people like to steal parts off of, you know, vehicles like that. So, mm-hmm. dang. But that, that, that would be an exciting move. If you did that, I'd be all about that. Yeah, I, I'm really excited about it. I've been thinking about it for a couple of months, um, but here more recently... I, especially after Valentine's Day, I'm like, okay, that would have been so nice to just have one central location of, you know, pickup. And obviously, I mean, I, I'm still, I, I feel like at least that I'm still in the starting stages of this business. So, um, any kind of growth is very exciting, but also very scary. (laughs) You know, it's like, oh man, it's getting bigger and bigger. And like, are you, are are you ready for this Shelby? It's like I feel like <laughs> it's it's almost like parenthood, you know? Like you'll It you'll is. Never this is your baby. Be ready. Yeah. <laughs> you'll never fully feel like you're ready to be a parent. And that's how I feel as a business owner. It's like am I ready to make that next leap? Like I don't know. Yeah. I guess I'll find just, out. <laughs> sometimes you you just got to throw yourself into it and yeah. see how it goes. 
Which I mean, so, that's how that's how I feel like I've been doing right now. I'm just rolling with the punches, and as they come, I just face it head on. You know, you really have been, and you've been doing it gracefully. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you could give any advice to somebody who's maybe wanting to start a business, or whether their business just lands in their lap, what what is some advice you would give them or encouragement? That's, that's a good one. Um, so, I, I I would say I'm gonna have two answers to this. For one advice, I feel like a lot of people in our generation and even generations below us, um, you know, and that like the younger generation, they have their mindset on, I want to be a business owner and not what is something that I'm passionate about and that I have a natural talent for that I can make into a business. Um, I think that whenever, and I know I've said this, but whenever I'm thinking about making a business, it's not like I was thinking, okay, I just want to own a business. What, like, what am I going to do? Oh, I'll make chocolate covered strawberries. That's not how this whole thing started. Um, you know, it was more of a hobby or just something kind of fun that I did for friends and family until all of a sudden, you know, it was like, people are actually interested in this and this could be a real business. Um, so really just like taking a look at what your natural talents and natural passions are. I think is really important, you know, to um, really like capitalize on that and then grow that into a business versus thinking, okay, well, I just want to own a business. So I'm just going to go out and try my hand at, I don't know, crocheting and I'll just do that, you know, because I feel like that's not going to be something that not only that you're not passionate about, but you might just not have that natural talent for. Um, And then encouragement if you do find that one thing that, you know, you're naturally talented at and that you do have a passion for just to really go for it. I mean, put yourself out there. I know that it's really scary at first, but I think right now the culture with everyone is to support locally, which has been a godsend. You know, everyone wants to support local. They want to support local artists. They want to see what you're able to create and to craft on your own. So really just, you know, having that confidence in yourself to know that somebody out there is going to support me. And whether that be, you know, the five people that followed me whenever I first started Shelby Strawberries versus I think I'm up to like 2,500 likes on Facebook now. Mm. I mean, you know, I've got such an amazing support system and that's going to take some time. I mean, that didn't come overnight. So don't just don't give up on your dream. If it seems like it's going slowly because mine went slowly too, but eventually, you know, it's, it's going to grow into something amazing. If you just really keep your heart in your business. Yep. I do agree with you there. It is, you know, harder said than done, but it is doable. Mm -hmm. It, it, it is. It is doable. And, you know, like um, one of my all-time favorite podcasts, um, they always say whenever you're thinking about making the jump into your own business, don't just make that leap off the, docks, the dock. So think about, you know, whenever you're on a boat and you're going up to the dock, you're not just going to be 50 feet away from the dock and then just jump off the boat and then swim to the dock you know, so you need to make sure that you have that rope pulling yourself closer to the dock to make that transition into your own business, not just letting yourself sink meanwhile. So 
there in the beginning, you might be working another job just to help make your bills while you're growing your business. It's not like one day you're going to be able to say, I want to start a business and then quit your job and then expect to make enough money to cover your bills and everything like you were doing at your other job. Um, you know, you just have to make sure that you're financially in a spot where you can make that transition to where, you know, you aren't just leaping off of the boat and the dock is still 50 feet away. Yeah. That is a good analogy. Is that from the yeah, Dave Ramsey podcast? Yeah. So it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's actually one of his personalities, Ken Coleman. So he all, he is like the career expert and, and a lot of people, you know, they do own their own business or at least they have dreams of owning their own business. And so whenever, you know, they're calling in and asking him like, okay, well, do you think I'm ready to quit my full-time job and just focus on the side business? You know, he really asks about, well, how much do you make? like currently in your full-time job, how much do you make in your side business? And you know, it's, I mean that, and that's a really important thing to think about. Of course, everybody would love to be their own boss and to not have to report up to anybody. But at the same time, you can't, you know, just jump into it without any kind of planning. Yeah. You got to have some sort of guidance. Yeah. And you know, like, and with me now, I, and people ask me all, all the time, like, oh, well, I'm sure that you could probably do this full time. I'm like, I probably could, to be honest, but I'm just really not at that stage where I am ready to make that jump. And it's, it's not that it's not a financial decision, because I'm sure it probably could be. Um, But really just having, having that confidence in myself to know is this what I want to do for the rest of my life yeah and And I feel like you really love your full-time job I do I do and that and that's what I tell people I'm like I really enjoy my full-time job because it's a lot of problem solving and you know it's in the healthcare field which is what I went to school for and so you know it's it's my passion to be doing things like that but it's also fun to have the strawberry business on the side as like a creative outlet. It's yeah. just two totally different things, you know? Yeah, way different things. Yeah. <laughs> One, one's a nine to five off, office job and then the other one, you're creating something, so. Yeah, and, and you know, and honestly, I mean, my, my, my full-time job, I, I want to, it's not, it's not like a negative job, you know, but it's, a job where people aren't necessarily always happy with you um, and like your answers. And so it's nice to have this side business on the side where like I probably my, my best moment of any of my orders is whenever I'm meeting people for them and the look on their faces, whenever they see what, like what I've created for them, you know, I mean, it's just unmatched because they're always like, wow, you know, these are beautiful. My, wife is going to love them. My best friend is going to have a great birthday because of these, you know, so it's just, it's awesome to be able to have this on the side to where like, I can really like make someone's day by something that I created. Yeah. And it's like an uplifting experience versus sometimes nine to fives can be a drag when you're dealing with people who are rude or just maybe don't understand something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which I mean, I, I work in human resources during the week. And so, 
you know, I feel like anytime <laughs> anyone hears human resources, they're like, nah. yeah, <laughs> so like, yeah, it's not exactly like everyone's like, woohoo, let's go to human resources. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's hardly ever the case. So yeah. it's, it, it's like, it, it's not that I don't love it, but I do know that naturally people's reaction to human resources, they aren't, you know, like too oh, ecstatic yeah. about. Yeah. But whenever, you know, you're getting chocolate covered strawberries that are made like koala bears, like I made the other day, people tend to get pretty happy about that. They're like, wow. <laughs> it's a koala, a koala bear on a berry. <laughs> I know. I know. Right. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shel, thank you so much for coming on doing well, doing swell and giving the people the knowledge that you have of when a business just lands in your lap. Oh yes. Thank you for having me. Everyone stay swell and be well. I think I said that backwards. <laughs> be well I and tried. stay swell. Yes. <laughs> that was amazing though. I, I appreciated that effort. <laughs> I, I like was thinking that in my head really hard, like, okay, get it right. And then I was like, be swell and stay well. I'm like, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> That's funny. If you're looking to get your hands on some juicy Shelby strawberries, make sure you search Shelby strawberries on Instagram, Facebook, or just for her website and buy those berries up, baby. <laughs> Hello. Hello. What's up, Tay? <laughs> What's up? <It's> so cool. <laughs> it is. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. How have you been? I've been good. Um, feeling good. Kind of going through some like transformation of life I feel like <laughs> yeah I I just I don't know if I ever feel like I'm not going through a transformation of life <laughs> yeah that's true I don't know I just feel like this is my time like my mantra this year has really been like I'm a full-time fucking artist and I'm just trying to make that reality you know yes you are <laughs> <laughs> thanks for thanks for coming on doing well doing swell I really appreciate it of course. Thanks for having me. I'm honored. <laughs> yeah. I know the guests are going to love you because you're just a good person, but also relatable with what you're doing in terms of, you know, trying to start your own brand and business, you know? Yeah. Being on my grind. Yeah. So when was the moment when <clears throat> you realized that you wanted to pursue your own like fashion business or brand? Um, Probably within the last, I would say two years. Cause when I was going to school, um I like we were taught that like we were always pushed like make our brand but it never felt natural like I feel like I was forcing myself to do it and because I was going to school for like couture like I wanted to make ball gowns and like evening wear and stuff like that and I still like the idea of that but it just doesn't feel like me anymore so I think once I stopped going to school and I really was self-teaching myself different things I really kind of that's when I found embroidery I guess and um I don't know it feels so much more natural it feels like me it feels like I have the drive and passion to do it. And um, so, yeah, I would definitely say when I found embroidery and just started doing that and loving to do that. Like when I was making clothes, like making patterns, I felt like I was forcing myself to do it for class. Like I didn't necessarily love doing it. So just kind of having that feeling of absolutely loving doing embroidery and embellishment and stuff like that. I think that definitely pushed me to like, okay, I can make a business out of this. I can make money off of this. And like seeing my pieces sell for such high prices, it kind of, it's, it was just really encouraging and like motivating me and telling myself, I totally can do this. I can make money off this. I can make a business out of this. Yeah. I remember when I was seeing some of the things that you were making while you were in school, like when you first started, I was like, dang Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, 
That was fun. Making the dresses was fun. And like, I still love the idea of couture. So couture is just like extremely high-end, well-made pieces. And <clears throat> I love the idea of that, but I don't think I necessarily love the making making the actual garment. So I like having a garment that's already made. So like a jacket or a shirt or pants or whatever, getting the completed item and then completely revamping it and embellishing it with embroidery and beads and color and different things. So that's kind of where I'm at now is <clears throat> taking a finished product project and just revamping it in my vision, I guess. Yeah. Your clothing makeovers are phenomenal. Thank I'm you. Like, Thank dang, you. I should send Taylor my entire wardrobe. So I can have pieces. <laughs> yes. And that's, I love that. It's a kind of like a fun way of recycling your clothes. Like instead of like, say you have a denim jacket that you just don't really wear anymore. And you're thinking of like dropping it off at Goodwill. Like instead of doing that, like have me like put some cool dope design on the back that no one else has and then make it something that you would want to wear, you know, so yeah. just totally re recycling your clothes into something totally different and better, you know? Yeah. And then you could turn it into something unique that is also, you know, going to express yourself way better because you have, you know, your own design on it. Exactly. Completely one of a kind that no one else has. So what would you say that your hardest part of your journey so far has been with just exploring, you know, the fashion industry in general, whether that be school or whether that be, you know, starting your own little business or whatever it may be, what's been the toughest part? Um, probably the journey through school. That was really hard and it was really discouraging. I went to three different art schools and, um, <clears throat> each one definitely had their positives, but then they all kind of like failed me, I guess. Like my first school, I was there for about a year and a half and then they just started letting go of all of the administration and all of our teachers. And, um, and I don't know, I just didn't feel like my heart was in it anymore. And like, I would show them my dresses that I wanted to make and they would tell me, oh, well, that's too hard. Like you can't do that. And I never wanted anyone to tell me I couldn't do something. And so I'm like, okay, this is not for me anymore. And so that was, that was a challenge. And then I had to go back home. I actually moved back home for six months after that to kind of just figure life out. And then I found the school in Beverly Hills, which was absolutely a dream. I loved that. But then after a year of being there, they actually shut their doors and closed. And so I'm like, okay, now what? And so I took like another year off. And then I went back to another school in LA and was only there for a quarter and a half and then they shut down as well. So I just kind of felt like it was the universe telling me maybe I don't need school. Like I don't need to go there to do what I need to do. Like I could self-teach myself. Like, you know, it's 2021 now we have the internet, we have YouTube, like you can learn anything you want online. So definitely it was discouraging at first, but I also kind of used it to just motivate myself to teach myself and to push myself harder and tell myself like, I don't need school. Like I can do this on my own, you know? Yeah. And yeah, the business, like, and starting my own business, that's, it's been, like, a work in progress for, I would say, two years. The biggest challenge for me with that is my products, like, my embroidery and stuff, it takes a decent amount of time to make, and once I make something, I'm so excited to post it and try to sell it, and things usually sell pretty quick, which is definitely not a bad thing. It's a really good thing. It's just I never have, like, an inventory or stuff on hand, and so that's yeah. definitely, yeah, so that's, that's what I've been working on the past couple of months is really just building up my inventory and uh, working on a website so I can make my stuff much more accessible for people to buy. Cause like so many people are always like, I want to buy something like, what do you have available right now? And I'm like, well, I'm kind of working on a bunch of things. So it's definitely just kind of getting my hands on a bunch of like different things that I can make more quickly and get it out there 
and just having an inventory available at all times. Yeah. So that's kind I, of the hardest part with the business for sure. <laughs> I was going to ask, how do you maintain, you know, self-discipline? Like, do you have a, a schedule that you try to set aside, you know, every, every day of this week, I'm going to work on, you know, my fashion stuff. Like what's your self-discipline schedule like for that? So that's definitely been my biggest, one of my biggest lessons I've been learning this year is like, I definitely need to discipline myself more because it's, it's kind of hard because I also work a full-time job. And so I go to work and then I come home and I'm kind of tired and exhausted. And so I just, you know, want to just relax, but I have to push myself and like remind myself that, you know, my job is just my day job. When I come home, this is, this is my dream and this is my, my passion, you know, so I have to put more effort into that. So um, this year I've definitely just been breaking it down into months and kind of making a list of what I would like to complete each month. Cause I don't know. I feel like when I make it like day by day or week by week, it puts a lot more pressure on myself. But when I do yeah. it as a month, it's kind of more of like, I don't know. I have a little bit more time and like more like days to focus on what I want to do. And so definitely breaking it into months and like planning which project I want to complete this month, which, and I'm also trying to do some more like digital designing. So like planning, okay, I'm going to do two digital designs. I'm going to, you know, come up with a couple designs. I'm going to get a couple jackets to work on, maybe a hat or two, and just definitely breaking it in to months has been easier for me. Yeah. And that's more gradual. So it's way less pressure. Totally. Cause it's like, if I think of, well, what can I do in a week? It's just, I know it seems easier to think what can I complete in a month and then months fly by, you know? So it's like the next yeah. month it comes and I have, <laughs> you know, a bunch of stuff done from the month and then I'm like, okay, it's a new month. Let's work on new things. So it definitely, that works for me. And I, I know everyone has their own process, but that definitely works for me right now. So I'm rolling with that. Yeah. And I know you're doing a lot of your commissions and stuff uh, through Instagram and you said you're going to work on a website. So are you like, are you making a website or are you going to go through Etsy or like, what is your thoughts on that? So I definitely want my own domain. I want my own website. I don't really want to work through Etsy or, and I kind of want to phase away from Instagram. I want to make Instagram just more of an advertisement uh, like place for me. Yeah. Um, because through Etsy, you know, you pay like different taxes and stuff and you have to pay Etsy for selling your stuff. And, uh, and so I kind of want to avoid that. And I just definitely want to get my own domain um, just to make it easier and more accessible for people to find my stuff. Because Instagram is cool right now. And it definitely reaches a broad like audience, like people from all over the world can find me through there. But yeah, I kind of definitely want to make that more of just an advertisement place for people to like see my stuff and then be able to click a link and get to a page of all my work that's available to buy. Yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of pricing and you were saying like, or it, you were saying that it was really encouraging that some of your pieces were selling for a higher price when it comes to pricing your items, how do you go off of, um, pricing them? Like what's your strategy to think, you know, for this piece, do you go off of the amount of time that you put into the piece? Do you, or do you, is it more of like an instinct thing? A little bit of both. That's one of my all, like biggest struggles is pricing my stuff because sometimes I'll see my finished piece and I know how much I deserve for it. And it takes a lot for me to like be able to post like, okay, I want $500 for this jacket. You know, like I kind of feel guilty, but then again, I'm like, I put so much time and effort and material into this piece. So yeah, it's definitely, I consider the, like hours. I consider how much money it costs for the like stuff. Cause sometimes beads, you know, the thread, it gets expensive and the cost of the jacket itself, you know, and the dye that I put on it. So I definitely consider the price of the materials. I think about the hours. I think about, you know, my passion and my, my creativity and my idea that actually went into that. And I kind of consider all of that. And I, I don't really have like a breakdown of how I charge things. I definitely, that's something I want to work on this year so I can make it easier for people to 
come to me for commissions and have like a breakdown of what an idea price would be. Um, but it is definitely more like instinctive and intuitive how I come up with my prices and just what I feel I deserve for that piece and what I put into it, you know? Yeah. When I saw you uh, post that jacket, that was $500. I was like, that jacket deserves to be $500. Cause totally. <laughs> I, my hands wouldn't be doing that work. <laughs> yeah. That one was crazy. And like, I was so shocked. Like I sold that one. Like it was crazy. And like, and I do offer like payment plans. Like she paid me for a couple months on that, which is totally oh, fine. Nice, nice. Yeah. That's Cause good. I want, cause I know not everyone just has $500 sitting around to buy a jacket, you know, but like, I want people to still be, ha- be able to access my stuff. And so yeah, I'm like, I'm very willing to like work with people and their budget and to make things work. But then again, I'm not going to sell myself short and sell my stuff for cheaper just because someone can't afford it. You know, art is definitely a luxury and like high end fashion is a luxury. Not everyone, unfortunately, is able to have it. And so I have to remind myself. But then again, I want to make it easier for more people to have it. So for my inventory, my website, I'm definitely trying to make um, more like T-shirts and hats and like digital prints of my design so that more people is are able to buy my stuff because I want everyone to be able to have my work you know and then I definitely want to throw in like more of my like awesome jackets that I like spend hours and hours on where I sell for you know three to five hundred dollars so definitely just trying to balance that of like more I guess ready to wear type stuff and then more like I guess my couture high-end jackets you know yeah those jackets oh my goodness they blow my mind I still go crazy of the one that you have with the the uh I don't know if you would call them like uh spirit people or universe people on the back you know which one I'm talking about the one with the eyes no the one where the people are like melting together they look like a galaxy like people made up of a galaxy (gasps) yes yes oh my goodness Taylor (laughs) I die for that one (laughs) thank you that one was actually a gift for Tara but yeah that one yeah that one I really really loved that was a fun one. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going through old photos. Or no, it came up on like my memories of when we went to grab drinks last year around this time. Yeah, yeah, I was wearing that one. Yeah. Ugh, every time I see yeah. that, I'm like, oh my goodness, that one is just so beautiful. Thank you. And I honestly, I feel that same way when I see them. Like, and the fact that I'm able to blow my own mind with like stuff that I make with my hands. Like, I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. crazy. Like, that's how I know that I'm doing what I meant to do. Like, I blow my own mind with what my hands are able to create. Like when I finish something and I like, I, cause like I, I use this like paper that I put on the front that has the design. And so it's like, I stitch through that. So I don't see the completed thing until I'm done and then put it in the washer and it washes that away. And then it comes out of the washer, like beautiful and perfect. And I'm like, Holy crap. Like I did that. Like my mind created that my hands did that. Like, I don't know. It's, it's really magical. And it definitely makes me feel like, okay, this is what I meant to do. Like, this is my purpose. This is my, this is my skill. You know, like I got to run with this. Yeah, I believe it's what you're meant to do. You keep blowing my mind, like, every single thing. I'm like, holy freaking crap, Taylor. I can't believe you just did that. (laughs) Thank you. So do you run into issues of – I know a lot of creators uh, run into this issue, but do you run into issues of your friends maybe taking advantage of your skill set and wanting you to create things for them for free? Um, Kind of – not so much anymore, more because I, I think I've set boundaries for myself, but in the beginning it kind of was like people would come to me and be like, hey, I have 20 bucks. What can you make for me? And I'm like, that's like the price of like the shirt and the, the materials. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, um, and then, you know, I would still do it. I would like do like a tiny little design for them, but definitely just setting the boundaries and learning to say no to things that I know are not going to make me happy. Like I would say yes to every single commission. Like I would, anytime anyone came to me, I would say yes, just because I wanted, I needed the money or like I wanted 
to get my stuff out there, which I think it's important to do that in the beginning. But I don't know. I definitely came to a place where I only want to make things that bring me fulfillment and make me happy doing it because I hate having a project sitting on my desk that I know I need to work on, but I have no desire or passion to work on it because it's not like my idea. That's why I kind of stopped taking commissions for a while because I was neglecting all of my own creative ideas and working on everyone else's ideas. So definitely just setting boundaries for myself and being comfortable saying no to ideas and just working on what is going to make me happy. And because at the end of the day, like it's, I'm putting so much of my energy into these pieces and I don't want someone to receive them. And you know what I mean? Like I didn't put good intentions and good energy into that piece. Like it's totally an exchange of energy. So I, I need to love what I'm doing and I need my passion to be in it for sure. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you go to, uh, to keep yourself motivated or maybe you're feeling like lack of inspiration or something like, do you have any go-to strategies to help you kind of get out of ruts? Um, definitely nature. That's my biggest one. Just going outside, walking around and just, you know, feeling the sun on my skin. Like that always inspires me. And then, and also my dreams, like I have such a vivid dream life. Like even last night I had such an insane dream and I'm so inspired by it. And I'm like ready to make a jacket based on it. So just really connecting, I guess, with my, myself and my inner life. And, you know, like, I don't know, I journal a lot. And so going back and reading my past journals and old stuff I've said, and, um, totally just drawing inspiration from things I see within my mind and just in nature and, you know, my life around me, like it's really inspiring just to, and just showing gratitude for everything. Like when you're thankful for everything around you, like it's so easy to be inspired by everything, you know? Yeah. And I feel like ultimately if you're just like present in your day-to-day life, you could find inspiration in, in ways that you never thought you could. And you're a pretty present person. Totally. Like I was going for a walk with Matt the other day and just like, it was like sunset and just the birds flying and the palm trees and the color of the sky. Like it was so freaking inspiring, but like just any normal person walking down the street, they're just going to think they're going for a walk. But I was like in awe of just the beauty of the night, you know? (laughs) So just, (laughs) just like, yeah, totally. Just being present and just being thankful and aware of your life and the world around you. It's super inspiring. So was there any inspiration growing up that made you want to go this route or like, I don't know if we've ever talked about that, but like, what, what made you even want to, you know, pursue fashion and, you know, leave little old Wood River? (laughs) Um, I feel like growing up my whole life, I knew that I was meant to leave. And, um, like all through like middle school and high school, like I always said, I'm leaving after high school. And so many people said like, oh, you'll change your mind when the time comes, you'll change your mind. But I left literally a month after graduation. Like I knew that I was not meant for that place. Like, um, I don't know. It's just, it's so small town. And like, I feel like kind of limited opportunities for creative jobs, you know? And I had gone to California, like growing up, like on vacations and stuff. And I don't know, I always just felt like my heart was here and it was just such a inspiring and beautiful place. And the fashion definitely didn't come until later. Like I always was creative and I always had creative like ambition. Like I started off painting and then I got super into photography for a while. And, um, I don't know. And like the whole fashion thing really started with Rihanna. I saw Rihanna wearing a dope freaking <laughs> denim, denim distress jacket. And oh, that woman. It. Yes. I could not find it in store. And I said, okay, I'm just going to make it myself. And so then I started upcycling and that definitely started it for me. I would go to Goodwill and just get so much random stuff and then um, create it into something new. And I guess that's kind of still what I'm doing. Just more hands on now, but yeah, it totally led with that. Just making clothes for myself that I couldn't find. Like I would see ideas in my head and I'm like, okay, I'm never going to be able to find that in a store. So I would just 
make it for myself. And it's kind of just flowed from there. And and I found, I discovered Alexander McQueen in high school and his extravagant dresses and fashion shows and all that totally inspired me. And I'm like, okay, that's what I need to do. I need to make these over the top dresses. And I definitely have a very like avant-garde and very over the top, like, I don't know, like creative expression. And I feel like I'm kind of that way in my personal life. Like I just like very over the top and exaggerated things. And so I don't know. It's been really fun to just bring those ideas into the real world, you know? Yeah. If you could give anybody, you know, a little piece of advice or something to sit on and think about if they wanted to pursue a dream that maybe somebody would say is not realistic or it's not feasible for, you know, financial stability, what would you say to them? Mm. I definitely got that a lot. Like when I was in high school and you would meet up with like your guidance counselor to like discuss what you were going to do after high school. I always said I wanted to be a fashion designer and they would just straight up tell me, okay, you need to be more realistic. Like how do you plan on getting there? I think truly trusting your intuition and trusting your path is so powerful. Like I didn't know how I was going to get there. I had no idea how I would even get to this point in my life, but I just trusted that I would do it. You know, I just told myself, this is what I want. Like I'm going to make it, you know? And so I think really just having confidence is so so powerful like it's so easy to doubt ourselves and to tell myself like there's no way I can get there like I don't have the means to get there but there's always a way like if you want something bad enough there is a way like getting in touch with yourself and getting in touch with your intuition and your inner voice is really powerful and just trusting it you know like I used to I lived in Vegas and I was going to school in LA and I would drive from Vegas to LA every single week to go to school because I wanted to go to that school so bad but I could not afford to live in LA so I'm like you know what I'm just gonna drive there every week and every person I told that I was doing that told me how crazy I was and they couldn't believe I was doing that but I'm like you know what it's what I want so I'm gonna do it so just push yourself truly push yourself and don't limit yourself ever like if you want something find a way to make it happen do not limit yourself don't doubt yourself just and trust your intuition, you know, really listen to that voice and let it guide you. And even if you have questions, like if you don't know how you're going to get there, just keep pushing forward day by day and do a little bit of something every day to get closer to your dream. And then eventually you're living in this dream that you once was a dream, you know? Yeah. Like even like living in California, that was a dream for me and I'm, I'm doing it, you know? And so it's, it's crazy. And then once you get to that point, you start having new dreams and you start moving forward with your next dreams, you know? Yeah. And like, even though those three schools, you know, may have failed you then, I feel like they still taught you so much to help you get to be able to where you are now. Totally. They totally taught me like perseverance and just don't let little like roadblocks along your way stop you. Like it's just part of your journey. And it's just, I just try to see everything I go through as a lesson and like something I'm being taught instead of like letting it completely destroy my life and destroy my my vision, you know, like just see it as a lesson, see it as this was meant to happen. I was supposed to learn something from this and move forward with that wisdom that you were taught, you know? Yep. We wouldn't go through it if we weren't strong enough to handle it. Exactly. And it's all meant to happen. Like we're meant to go through these challenges, you know, it can't always be easy. So can you tell us where we can find you, where we can find your material? That way, if any of the guests want to stalk you, they can get to it. (laughs) Yeah. So on Instagram, it's just Taylor Embroidery, and I spell my name with an E, so it's T-A-Y-L-E-R Embroidery. And then I have a Facebook page, and it's Taylor's Design on there. Um, but definitely keep an eye out on my Instagram. I'm much more active on there, and um, a website is definitely in the works. It's coming this year. I can feel it. Um, so yeah, follow me on Instagram, and 
um, I post, I'm trying to post more on there. I post more on my personal page about my work, but I'm definitely trying to share more on my embroidery page so that more people can see my work there. Yeah, we need to see it on both. We need to have our timelines flooded with Taylor's flooded. designs. Yes, that's another thing. Like, I need to like get more comfortable, like just embracing my work and not feeling like, oh my god, people are so bored with my work. Like, I need to. Oh just... no, <laughs> I'm waiting. I just sit there. I'm like, where's it at? Oh my god. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm. I'm gonna start sharing. Way more. <laughs> Please do. Well, thank you totally. so much for coming on. Doing well. Doing swell. Of course. Thank you for having me. I love your podcast. You, you're just out here thriving and I'm so happy to be a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> you, no, you're killing it. I love your podcast. I'm so glad you're doing it. I'm like, I'm in the midst of figuring out uh, like what I'm doing with it. Cause you know, I'm just trying to figure out what is and isn't working. And I'm like, I got to start somewhere. Yeah. It's cool to just kind of see it flow though. And like different episodes and stuff like your episode with a therapist. That was my favorite. I loved that. Like I yeah. learned a lot on that one. That one is my favorite too. I'm trying to like think of episodes that will just like help people more. Yeah. And like, just kind of inspire people to, you know, live a better life. Yeah. Ugh, it's just hard sometimes. <laughs> it is. Like, yeah. And like, and like I said, we doubt ourselves so much. And I yeah, feel like that is, man. <laughs> and that is the killer of dreams. Like we can't do that. Like it's so hard not to. It definitely, it's so much easier said than done, but I don't know, just looking back on how far you've come, I think is really powerful too. And just realizing, okay, I got here. Like I can keep going. Like I have so much more to give, you know, it's just so easy to be hard on ourselves. And like, and I call it like imposter syndrome. Like sometimes I think I'm just like, like, I ain't shit. Like no one cares about me, but like, that's so not true. Like, you know, I have people who follow me, like, like you just said, you're waiting for my post. So like, know that there's people out there like rooting for you, even if you don't feel it. Like sometimes I feel like I'm out of sight, out of mind. Like my Illinois peeps don't even think about me anymore, but I know that's not true. And, um, Everyone's rooting for us, you know, and we just got to keep pushing through and making it happen. Listening to that voice, like I said. If you guys are looking to give any piece in your closet a makeover, hit up Taylor on Instagram at Taylor Embroidery. That's Taylor with an E-R, not an O-R, not an I-R, not a Y-R. I don't know. People be spelling things weird these days, but that is Taylor with an E-R Embroidery on Instagram. Hit her up and have her jazz your life up a little bit with your clothes. Ooh. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Doing Well, Doing Swell. You can hit me up on Instagram at Miss Mallory Lovings, or you can hit me up via email at insidemallorysbrain at gmail.com. If you know anyone who has a small business that you think needs a shout out and needs some recognition and support, please send them my way and I will get them on Doing Well, Doing Swell so we can all be in this together. I appreciate you all listening. I appreciate all of your support. I appreciate all of you supporting my guests that I have on. Big ups to my supporters. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Remember to be well and stay swell. I'm your host, Mallory Lovings. Peace.